We still got we still got room for you three if you want to come. I'm going to let them sing. I've been struggling this week, don't have a hardly a note in me, so I, uh, I brought backup. I brought some ringers. Other side. I believe that would be called a life lesson. <clears throat> All right, is my drummer in the corner back there ready? All right. Hit it, brother. I have supernatural 
grateful for favor? Oh, turn it. Oh, I'm sorry. I get my sound man killed, killed our track. That's all right. Good job, guys. ain't your grandma's church. I've been saying that for years, but I love grandmas coming to my church. Grandpas, moms, dads, aunts, and uncles, young, old. I told somebody this week in Waco, Texas, that God has really blessed us with a big, diverse group of people. We don't care too much about where you come from. We care a lot about where you're headed, though. I think in my heart today that this message that God has placed on it is not one that I really wanted to preach. I've been wrestling with God over and over and over again. Anybody that's been around me in the last, since Thursday has known that I have been wrestling with God about preaching this message. And it's uh, one of those things that it's not easy for me to preach and there's not enough preaching about this subject. I want you to open your Bible to Revelations 20. I want you to take God's word and I want you to turn with me to Revelations 20. And as you're finding that in your Bible, verses 11 through 15, may I say that the subject that, I, that God has on my heart today is difficult. And i tell you why. It's not a happy message. It's not a feel-good message. I'd much rather say something this morning about joy and about love and about victory and all that needs to be preached, but I'm convinced that I would be missing God's best for this church if I went against Him on any sermon that I preach. The message that I'm preaching today is on hell. I've been talking about hell probably for about a month, month and a half now, and I I ask God, why do I gotta keep preaching on hell? Why can't I preach on love or joy or 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 or, 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 or something else on Sunday morning? And the Lord said, "You preach what I tell you to preach, because you might think it's on hell." And the Lord said, "This, I think it's on love. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, and whosoever shall believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life." I did not come into this world to condemn this world, but I come into this world to save it. But not all folks want to be saved. Not all folks want to go to heaven. Not all folks are going to go to heaven. And I believe that we're reaping the benefits of not preaching on hell in this world today. If you look around, we're living in a world of hell. For some of us Christians who believe in Jesus Christ and know that we're going to go home one day and be with Him, we know that this is the only hell we'll ever see. Because my glory outshines the sun. I believe the reason we have so much so-called hell in our world is because we have so much little preaching about it, Miss Vicky in the pulpit. 
You say, Brother Mark, what, uh, what, what is, what is it that, that's bringing this message about? I believe it's time to sound the alarm. I believe that you need to hear it this morning. I believe it, and, and, and that's a John Hagee quote. Time to sound the alarm. I believe you need to hear about it. Why, Brother Mark? Because I believe there's too many of our family members and friends and people coming to church today that have never heard about hell in a way that they can understand it. Hell lasts forever, my brothers and sisters. Touch three people and say forever. And I want to say to you this morning that I'm not primarily preaching to the lost this morning. I'm preaching to the ones in this church that are saved. Because usually a message on hell don't save a lot of people. There are some circumstances that, that yeah, it touches you to the core and, and, and you get saved. But it's mostly those feel-good messages that bring people to Christ. But it, it's messages like this that sound the alarm to you in this church that are saved. You ought to wake up this morning because you know somebody that's not saved for sure. You know, those of us are saved. We need to think about our family and our friends, our husbands, our wives, our co-workers that are not this morning. Because so many times in life we fail them. Teenagers, you're failing your friends at school. Moms and dads, you're failing your kids if you're not telling them about Jesus. Grandmas and grandpas who was raised up in the Bible belt, but you've gotten away from church. You've gotten away from the importance of serving God. You're failing your children. You're failing your grandchildren. You're, you're failing the people in your life. Someone said, how do I change the world? You start changing the people around you. I believe that with all my heart. One great motivation to get people saved is love. But Paul said this, knowing the terror of the Lord can persuade a man to come to know the Lord. Paul talks about hell a lot in the New Testament. Jesus preached about hell in the Bible and it's recorded that he talked more about hell than he did about love. I think he put a lot more emphasis, the whole Bible put a lot more emphasis on, on hell and spending eternity there than spending eternity in heaven. Why? Because the Lord did not want that for you. I don't want that for you. The brothers and sisters who really know God in this church, they don't want that for you. I didn't want that for them teenagers. Do you think I wanted to stand in that parking lot in the Toyota Center and preach a message last night that, that, that when people were leaving by the thousands that I'm standing here and they're walking by and saying, look at this nut out here. These kids probably want to go home. It's raining. It's drizzling. He's got these kids standing out here in the, hall, in the cold. He, he's, a, he's a jerk. Them, some of them kids probably thought I was a jerk, but I didn't care what they thought. I cared about where they were going. Every day I have to make decisions that honor God in my life. I gotta, I gotta do the right thing, and I try. I'm not perfect, but I try to honor God. And when I fall short, I repent. I come down to the altar. I get myself right with God. If I have to ask God to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart every day, I do that. Why? Because I'm scared to death to dying and going to hell. <laughs> Y'all not hear me this morning. I'm scared to death of dying and going to hell. You see, there needs to be a healthy fear of God in this church. You, know, you don't need to fear the devil. You need to fear God because God is the judge. God says, come to me hot or cold or I'll spit you out of my mouth. 
He said, if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, if you've never prayed and asked Christ to come into your heart, and you can be a Bible thumper, you can be a theologian, you can be in church your whole life, but if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, you will die and spend the rest of your life in the lake of fire, period. People said, Brother Mark, what kind of church do you run over there? I said, I run a good old fasted Bob DeCostal church. <laughs> Holy Spirit filled. But I don't care religion. I care about one relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I say this to you? I can't give it to you. You're the only one that can grab hold of it. If I could, I've said this a million years as long as I've been preaching. If I had a magic wand, I could shake over you and make you all saved. I'd do that. Did you know I was here one day and I, was, I, I told them we was doing communion. I said, I said, we're fixing to take communion. And the only ones that, 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 that can't take it are the ones that are not saved. Did you know that people let the cup go by and let the bread go by and didn't partake? Man, I was thinking, man, why didn't you just pray? Because we give an altar call before we do communion. I was like, why didn't you just pray? What's stopping you? Let me say this to you, morning. God has a plan for you, and that plan was to save you. He died on the cross for you. For every sin known to man, every sin that we've committed, every sin that I've committed, he hung on that cross and he died. And he said that who would ever call on my name shall be saved. Oh, glory to God. Whosoever shall call on my name shall be saved. Thank God for that this morning. We need to be shocked. We need to be shocked. We need to be shocked to our core. We need to be shocked. You need to be shocked. You need to be scared to death sometimes. Because hell is real. Hell is real as rain. Hell is real as sunshine. Hell is a real place. Touch three people and say hell is a real place. And if somebody's talking around you, say I'm trying to get this. And I want to say to you this morning that I'm a faithful preacher and I preach the counsel of God. I preach both sides of the Bible. I'm not going to water it down. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And if you don't come back, I can't concern myself with that. All I have to do is preach what God has told me to preach and preach it in a way where you can understand it. Can I say this to you? If this is your first time here, I preach English. Easy to understand but hard to swallow. Because a lot of times I preach and it confronts you about your drinking. It confronts you about your lying. It confronts you about your cheating on your spouse. It confronts you about uh, living a lifestyle that's not honoring God. So you get mad and you want to go to one of them churches where they, they, you can just hide in the back. You ain't hiding around here. God will step all over your toes up in this place. Somebody ought to hear me this morning. You know what time I got done with my message here at this church this morning? Three o'clock in the morning when my truck rolled out of here. That's how serious this message is for you to take this morning. It was three o'clock in the morning when I rolled out of that gate this morning. Why? Because God had something on my heart. But he's been dealing with me since Thursday. Thursday started just like any old average Thursday. Man, but God put a message in my heart on Thursday night that I know will never stop being there. You know, sometimes you have an encounter with God and, and you never forget it. How many have had those? And there's some things that God's convinced you about, convicted you about, convinced you and convicted you about, and you, it's changed your heart and you've never been the same. I'm one of those recipients of that. I call it a miracle. 
God is still in the miracle business. No matter where you're at, what you're going through, what disease you have, what you're up against, what anybody else thinks, God is still in the miracle business. Come on, somebody ought to believe me this morning. I want to remind you of this. Jesus Christ had more to say about hell than any other person in the Bible. And you need to understand that. Now stand with me. This is something that I want to do and help remind me. Stand me for the reading of the word of God this morning. Remind me of that from this day forward. That we need to honor the scripture and honor the Lord. Revelations 20.11 says this. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it. From his presence earth and the sky filled away. And no place was found in them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books, say books. books. And the books were open. Then another book was open, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. Say done. And the sea gave up. The dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And anyone's name, say anyone. And anyone's name who was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Somebody give God a praise. You may be seated. After death comes judgment. Immediately, say immediately. immediately. I, I want you to catch this, catch this this morning. As soon as you die, you will go to be judged. You're not going to holding facility. You're not going to purgatory. Immediately after you die, you're going to go and stand before the Lord and be judged. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5a, we are confident of this. I say that absence from the body is presence with the Lord. As soon as you pass away, I don't know what you were taught, but I believe in the Bible from cover to cover. I believe in the beginning that God created heavens and the earth, and I believe at the end it says amen. I believe in what it says and how it was written. And he says this. He said, absence from the body is presence with the Lord. So immediately, immediately after you die, you will stand before the Lord, and there will be books opened. There will be books. He said books, not one book. He said there will be books. And in those books will be what you did on earth and how you handled yourself. And watch this. You need to listen to me. From the back of the church, you need to listen to me. I want you to listen to me. What you did was written in this book. How you treated people when you helped someone else, when you shunned someone else, when you talked down to someone else, when you spit on somebody, when you treated them ugly, when you didn't listen in church, when you didn't pay attention to what God was doing, when you walked away from the Holy Spirit when he had an assignment for you. In these books will be every word you spoke and everything you done. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine the voice recorder and the angels that have to type all that up? It took me till 3 o'clock in the morning just to type this up. Can you imagine every single Lord? That's why I had to come to him and ask for forgiveness. Because there's a lot of stuff in these books that I'm sorry for. Using his name in vain, I'm sorry for. Not living a life that was honoring to God from the time I was born till now, I was sorry for. 
I thank God for his forgiveness this morning. I will not serve a God that will not be a good counsel, a good judge. You don't want to serve a God where you can do whatever you want, live however you want. You want to serve a God that says there's got to be a right way and there's got to be a wrong way. And, and I don't want to go to heaven and witness what I've witnessed on this earth. I want to go to a place that's different. I want to go to a perfect place. He said, in my father's house there are many mansions. If it was not so, I would not have told you. A perfect place, a place with no hospitals, hallelujah. A place with no prescription pills, hallelujah. A place with no handicapped sparkings, hallelujah. A place where there's no rapists, no child molesters, nobody cheating on their wife, nobody cheating on their husband. A place where you can still leave the doors unlocked. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to get there. When God's ready, I'm ready. Hallelujah. If this was my last sermon I ever preached, I'm ready. But my question is, are you? A lot of y'all don't have your prayers in order. You think, well, this, 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 this talking about hell, Brother Mark, what do you, what do you mean? What are you saying, man? I, 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 I don't know if I believe what you believe. You better believe this Bible is all I can tell you to believe. And no matter how you approach the subject of hell, hell is an awful thought. Hell is a place where eternal torment of pain and unquenchable fire. Hell is a place of terrible memories and horrible thirst. Hell is a place of eternal separation from the living God and from everything else. Hell is a place of separation from God. Hell is a place that the devil and his angels live. And all those who rejected Jesus Christ, all those who rejected Jesus Christ are going to go to hell. Man, that ought to shake you to your core. Have you rejected Jesus Christ? Have you invited him into your heart? Mike, you can go ahead and kill these lights. Have you invited him into your heart? Have you, have you really accepted Jesus into your heart? You know, I, I'm convinced. I, I went and, and, and I dug a little deeper. And the Bible gives us several examples of this phenomenon of people who did not, did not accept Jesus into their heart. And they died and they went to hell. Can I make you understand something? Don't fall asleep because the lights are out. Turn the side lights up a little bit so I can see these people in their eyeballs. Can I, can I say something to you? Hell is real. And I'm convinced that they, can I say this? Every minute, every 30 seconds, BJ, every 30 seconds, every minute, every three minutes, every five minutes, every 30 minutes, every hour on hour, somebody's dying. Somebody's dying. In Conroe, I, I was going to, man, I got to get me some media help. Because I really wanted some media help. But at 3 o'clock in the morning, you've been mad at me about a call and ask for some media shout. But I really wanted to start throwing obituaries up here this morning. Obituaries out of the Conroe paper. Obituaries out of the Houston paper. Obituaries out of the Waco paper. I wanted to just throw people's picture up here and their obituary up here on the... You know what? Your obituary will be in the paper one day. You can't avoid that. I've been the pastor of Candy Creek Cowboy Church. July will be my seventh year, and I've done over 100 funerals or better in seven years. 
That means the hundred people that sit where you sit or crossed over that Caligar somehow, some way. Our families have crossed paths. Their family knows me, knows who I am, knows what I'm about. Somehow, some way, that I, I, I've been constructed to do a hundred funerals. No, noise that tells me that a hundred people in seven years have passed away. But there's probably a hundred thousand that pass away each day. That ought to scare you. If you die today, do you know where you're going? Are you sure? There are people that come to church that ain't saved. There are people that come to church that ain't saved. I can point you out. I told you that. I know. I know. The Bible says by your fruits, I'll know. If you're ugly in your spirit, if you talk down to people, if you, if you can't control your temper, then, then I'm going to question your salvation. I'm not talking about a lapse of character. Everybody has that. But I'm talking about a genuine repentance of, of wanting to be the hands and feet of Jesus, wanting to let God use you, not just being in the lip service, but being in the service of God. Oh, let me preach. The Bible gives us several vivid examples of this. People almost making it to heaven. Judas, he kissed the gates of heaven and went to hell. Judas walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, seen the miracles of Jesus, but kissed heaven and went to hell. You think Judas went to hell, Brother Mark? You better believe he went to hell. You better believe that hell is real. There's a man in the Bible named Felix. He looked into salvation, but he wanted to wait for a more convenient time. Teenagers, he wanted to wait for a more convenient time. Do you know what? That convenient time never came. He died and went to hell because he wanted to wait till he got all of his affairs in order. Brothers and sisters, come as you are, the Bible says. Come on, somebody. Come as you are, the Bible says. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Come when God calls you. Come. Felix was called. He made it all the way. All the way. He said, ah, I got to get some stuff together. Felix died and went to hell. It's in the Bible. Herod, he stepped up to the front doors of heaven and he turned away. Can I say that bothers me? Can I say that bothers me a minute? Can I, can I tell you the truth? That bothers me, Rayford, in my core, in my, in my soul. People come to Caney Creek Cowboy Church week after week, month after month, year after year, but they've never really truly made a commitment to Christ. They stepped up to the door, they put their hand out, but they said, wait, i got to go and I'm going to party up at Stampede this week. I'm going to go drinking this weekend. I'm going to go get me some crack this weekend. Hold on. I'll be back. I'll be back. Wait on me, heaven. I'll be right back. Let me tell you something. There is no waiting. There is no waiting. You need to make a decision to turn your life around and turn it over and give it to God. I, 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 when we got back here at about midnight last night, I pulled Charity and, and Miss Vicky in the concession stand. I said, I'm sorry that I'm, I'm so forward with your kids. I'm sorry I'm so abrupt with, with your kids. Kaylee, I, I got on the bus last night. I said, I'm sorry I am the way I am, but I'd rather be straightforward with you and your friends than watch you die and go to hell. <clears throat> 
so close to heaven, Miss Jean. So close to heaven. I'd rather, I'd rather confront you about it. Did you see what I did to my son? If you don't think I won't confront my son, my wife, my kid, not out of a big, boastful, rude, no. I want the, if I can't teach my kid to honor me, how am I going to teach him to honor God? You know, and, that's, and I, see, I see moms and dads letting their kids get away with too much. Too much. I'm responsible for him. I'm responsible for Justin. I'm responsible for Mary. And somehow God has a sense of humor and put me over this little church. And if you call me your pastor and you set up underneath this authority, this is authority, then I have the authority to speak into your life. Correction to... I wouldn't, allow, I wouldn't go to a church where a pastor wouldn't correct me, wouldn't challenge me, wouldn't step on my toes. Because the thing with me is I do all that, but I'm also walking beside you, praying with you, crying with you, helping you back up when you fall down. Why? Because I don't want you to die and go to hell. I want you to be so close to heaven. We're not going nowhere no time soon. There's not a lot of us, so we can stay all day. Amen. You know, Festus, not the Festus that was in gun smoke, but the Festus that was in the Bible. He heard. He heard the gospel <clears throat> and called them raven madmen. Vicki, you need to hear me now. Festus in the Bible, he heard the gospel of Jesus Christ being presented in a way that was weird, that a way that didn't make sense. It wasn't like all them religious uh, theologians preached it. It was different. It was where he could understand. And he said, oh, those people are crazy. I don't want nothing to do with that. I'd rather be weird and be about Jesus. I'd rather be different and serve God. I'd rather be able to tell you in a way where you can understand it and give you that opportunity, but you can only take that opportunity. Felix said, I can't go there. Them people's crazy. Them people coming to church with cowboy hats on. Did you see them? They didn't have the, the suits and the ties, and they didn't have the dresses and the slacks. What? Them people's crazy at Ganey Creek. That's a cult. Oh, I've been here seven years. They've called me everything. They've called me a cult. They've called me all kinds of stuff. I'm convinced. No matter what you look like, what kind of clothes you got, or how, 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 how fancy of a car you got, that Jesus Christ came to save everyone. I had a lady write me an email about a year ago. She said, Pastor Mark, I love the music at your church. It was amazing. Your wife has a beautiful voice. The band was incredible. It was so anointed. The music was awesome. And she said, Pastor Mark, the people were so friendly. And, man, when you did that meet and greet, it was fantastic. Somebody came over. I think they had a booger on their finger. And they shook my hand. It was awesome. She said, 
But when it come to the preaching, I didn't hear anything you had to say because all the men in your church had cowboy hats on. That can't be a church of God because y'all got your cowboy hats on. She said, how can you call yourself a man of God and preach the gospel and wear that cowboy hat? She said, I, 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 I miss Jesus. I miss Jesus there because you had that cowboy hat on. And there were so many people with caps and ball caps. And some of the girls, they weren't covered up in their skin. I, I, you know what? Jesus is not going to be there. I thought about it for a minute. And I usually don't respond. Most of the time, people write me letters like that. They don't address or put their name on it because they're cowards. But this lady did put her name on it, and I had her email address, and I prayed about it for about a minute. <laughs> and I wrote her back. And I said, ma'am, did you notice that morning that seven people got saved? I said, ma'am, did you notice that morning that the message went out and that there were people at the altar. It was probably 30 people came to the altar and there were two packs of cigarettes left there and one bottle of pills left there that morning. I said, did you notice that? She said, no. Well, I didn't get a response. but And I said, Jesus was there this morning. I said, I said, he was sitting right next to you with a robe and some sandals on, but you judged him and never saw him. I've never heard back from her again. Yeah, we don't do stuff like First Baptist, but First Baptist don't do stuff like we do. We baptized over 2,800 people. We got some more to do this cold, rainy morning. Somebody ought to give God a praise. That's good preaching right there, I promise. Festus. He heard the claims of the gospel and he called them raven madmen. As far as we know, every one of these men I mentioned, Judas, Felix, Herod, Festus, every one of them is in hell right now. Every one of them is in hell right now. And as I studied that lesson this week, I want to show you something. I don't have immediate people, but, but I'm, I, 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 I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to do this. I was studying this. And I'm going to get to the point why God gave me this message in a minute. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to get right with God and not go to hell. Because <clears throat> this hell is real. And there ain't no playing. There ain't no coming back from it. This hell is for real. And there ain't no playing. And, and you know, I was going to Google search the gates of hell. But when I put, how many Google? Because you know you can't spell very good. All right. <laughs> Men say amen. <laughs> I was Googling, Mary. I was Googling. I, I, I put the gates of, and I thought the gates of heaven would pop up first on my Google search engine. Try this. The gates of, the first thing that popped up was hell. Hell! I knew right then that God wanted me to preach this message in a way where you could understand. And, I, and it said that there's 13 places, Joseph, on this earth that on this earth that they say are the gates to hell, the front door of hell, the front door of hell. And there's pictures of it. And, 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 and 13 places on earth people believe where the entrance of hell is. I don't know. This is just somebody's, somebody's way. But here's one picture of it. It's called the phenomena of herpos. 
and it's found in Turkey. And there's another place called the Finjan, China, and it's a city of ghosts. And there's a little place up on, the, on top of the mountain, and they say, that is the gates of hell. And there's another place here. It's a volcano. It's the Masonic volcano. And they say, that's where hell's gate front door is. And here's another place, and it's, in, it's found in Pennsylvania. And, and, and historians say that they call this place the seven doors of hell. And right here's another place, and it's called St. Patrick's Prological. One legion, it, it's in Ireland, and they say, over here stands guard the gates of hell. Can I say this to you? They got 13 examples, but I can promise you there is no gate in hell I want to go through. There's no gate. I could care less where the entrance is because I don't want to go. I don't want to go and I don't want you to go. Hell is real. And the devil stands there and he slings that door open and he says, you, come on in. And you can't escape it. First, listen, please listen. First, there'll be books open, recorded stuff of your life, what you did, what you said, where you been, how you handled. He said, when you help the least, you help me. Somebody asked me, Brother Mark, don't you think that, that if you left Caney Creek Cowboy Church that, that you could be more successful? Do you think, Brother Mark, that, that you would probably, probably could preach at them big churches like Joel Osteen? I said, I worry about less, none of that because I feel like I'm helping people in this community and I'm where I'm supposed to be. We were sitting around the dinner table the other day, and I, I looked at Brother Vic, and I said, Lord, God gives us all kinds, don't he? And Brother Vic said, he sure does, and I love it. Man, you know, it takes all kinds. God didn't create us all the same, but he did create us in the image of his son, and he gave his one and only son. But the devil wants you to go to hell. He wants you to stand there, and he wants to take you there. He wants to take you to that gate. He wants to... He wants to pull you in. Come on. He wants to pull you in. And then he's going to lock you in there forever. I couldn't believe when I Google searched. They said there was 13 doors on this earth that are front gates of hell. This brother here don't want to go to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. I was thinking about it this week. Hell is forever. You can't get out of it. You can't escape it. There's no coming back from it. And that ought to scare some of you right now to give your life to Jesus. Thursday was just like any other day. I woke up that morning. I'm done. God told me to be done. I, if, if, if that don't convince you, if this little prop that we made at 2 o'clock in the morning, if something's not speaking to your heart, nothing else I'm going to say matters. If you're not saved today, you need to be saved. Because you're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised the next 30 seconds. And just like that fire's not going out, 
it never goes out in hell. He said, you will be immediately, if your name is not found in that lake of fire, if your name is not found in that book of life, you will be thrown into the lake of fire. Can you see Satan there? He'll be laughing at you. He'll be laughing at you. When they throw you in there. Come on, I told you they was coming. I told you they was coming. I t you know what? They said, I never amount to nothing. They said, I'd never be nothing. They, my daddy used to say, you'll never have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out. You're just good for nothing. You're a throwaway. You're a piece of trash. But God had a different plan for me. I'm so glad I found him. I'm so glad I found him. I'm so glad I found him. Come on, somebody. I'm so glad I found him. I'm so glad I found him. Thursday was just like teenagers. Listen to me. Thursday was just like any other day. I woke up that morning and just like all mornings, I pray. I pray when I get up in the morning, I pray and I ask God to use me and I ask him to forgive me for the things I'm going to do today. <laughs> I told you I wasn't perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. I said, Lord, today I'm going to come up against some stuff and I ain't going to have the answers for Lord, but I know you got all the answers. Lord, would you let me just be used by you? You know, as a pastor of the most powerful church in the community, Hell comes against us too. I mean, it comes against me. It comes against my wife. It comes against leaders in this church. Man, that's why we're so tight. That's why whenever something's going on, you start hearing leaders start talking about unity, start talking about togetherness. Why? And, and talking about the power of prayer. And you know, you know why? Because we don't want to lose what we got. And what we have is the anointing of Jesus Christ. And every day, every day, we're trying, we're, we're, we're like a goalie. We're trying to keep you out of hell. Every day, we're like, oh, you ain't getting that one. Oh, no, you ain't getting that one. The devil hates our guts. He hates our guts. He hates our guts. But I hate him just as much as he hates me. I hate him. 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 I hate him some more. I'll hate him until I take my last breath on this earth. Thursday was just like any other morning. I woke up and I prayed up and I asked God to use me. And I was on Benadryl that day. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been on Benadryl, but your eyes don't open real good, so you got a lot of time to pray. I'm just telling you. So I was praying and asking God to use me. And, and boy, he sure used me Thursday. And I want to tell you about that real quick and we're done. I really didn't want to go to Waco, but I had cars I needed to buy and things I needed to do for, for my family. And I wasn't feeling good. I've been sick. I'm tired this morning. My body's just not 100%, but I still had to come and preach this message. I had to stay here at 3 o'clock in the morning. I had to have my brothers come over here and help me build this little prop at 2 o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> Even though sometimes I don't want to do, I love him so much I have to do. You don't understand that unless you're sold out to Jesus. There's some things. Now, if you're not doing anything for the Lord, you won't understand that. But if you're doing stuff for the Lord and you're sold out, there are days that you just don't want to help nobody. There's days you just want your, your, your alone time, your me time. But it's in those times where, where you have to surrender to the calling on your life. And every one of us are called not just to preach but to be the hands and feet of Jesus. 
And this message is for the church, not the lost. This message is for the believer, not the non-believer. God will put people in your life. So I'm there. I woke up. I'm on this ministry. I pray and ask God to use me. I don't want to go to Waco, but uh, last minute I take off. It's about 1.30. I usually get out here early in the morning, but I was like, I got to go. I don't want to go, but I got to go. I know I know I got to go. I didn't want to go, but I got to go. Anybody ever have those days? Monday be here early and you got an hour short in the morning. You'll understand what I'm talking about come 8 a.m. in the morning, 7 a.m., 5 a.m. for some of you. So I'm headed down there. I get outside in the Waverly. And I, now, 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 can I mind you? God hears you when you pray. Be careful what you pray for. So I'm trucking along and I'm doing not the speed limit. I'm, I'm mashing on the gas, I'm running late, I, I'm pushing it, and I'm, I, I just passed New Waverly, and I'm rolling, and I put me some, some sermons on the internet, thingamajig on my truckie, and, I, and I'm going down the road, and I see this man walking in camouflage fatigues. He's walking down the side of the road, and I, God says, pick him up, and I said, was that God? Because God knows how fast I'm driving. And I heard the Lord say, pick him up. So, man, I mashed on the brakes, and I pulled over to the side road. And I promise you, I was probably from here to the gate. I done passed that dude. Like, hey, you're going to have to hurry and walk up here. And, uh, but God said, pick him up. So I backed up and put my truck in reverse and backed up. And <clears throat> this older gentleman, i got to quit calling my brothers and sisters old. They're going to get mad at me one of these days, unless it's Beverly. Yeah. <laughs> Then you know for sure she's old. You can sit with Brother Lyle. I called him old last night. MSB, I think. <laughs> Sorry. Come back next Sunday, please. I love y'all. So anyway, I stop and I pick him up. I pull over on I want you to listen to this. This is my assignment for the day, I thought. Okay, God, I'll pick him up and give him a ride. So I get in the truck. He gets in the truck. I mean, I said, where are you going? He said, I'm headed to Dallas. I said, well, I can get you as far as Centerville. <clears throat> you don't have no knives or guns or anything on you, do you? All I got is my sword, and I picked up my Bible that was with me. And all I got is my sword, man. Don't do nothing to me. He said, no, brother, I'm not like that. I said, well, get in. I'll give you a ride. Put your stuff in the back. He was 66, 66-year-old Mr. Gene. A retired vet, been in the Navy for 20 years. He was also married for 20 years, and his wife left him. Found himself homeless four years ago. Been on the streets for four years. Jana, he'd been walking for four days. He was coming from Florida, Jacksonville, Florida. He had been walking for four days, sleeping out in the woods. You better thank God you got a nice warm bed. I said, BJ, I said, this is my assignment for the day. Lord, you must want me to tell Mr. Gene about you. I'll do that, Lord, whatever you want me to do. So we made up small talk, and he said he was in the Navy. And I said, well, usually the guy that rides with me, Mr. Biggs, he was in the Navy too. I said, what ship were you on? He said, I was on the Ranger. So I picked up the phone. I called Joe. I put him on speaker. I said, what ship were you on? And he said, the SS Minnow or something. And uh <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. He ain't here to defend himself this morning. He said he was on, Joe told me some boat that he was on. 
And I said, Joe, have you ever heard of the ranger? He said, oh, I was on that boat in 1970-something, Joe said. And Mr. Gene said, I was on the boat the same time in the Philippines. Him and Joe were on the same boat in the Philippines in 1976. I was only five. I was only five. So we was talking. We were 20 minutes into our conversation, and, and I said, or I'd ask him all the questions that I'd ask him. He looked at me, and he said, well, what do you do for a living? I said, well, I'm the pastor of the most amazing cowboy church in the world. It's called Caney Creek Cowboy Church. It's in Conroe, Texas. And Mr. Gene did this, and I promise you, pay attention. Mr. Gene did this. He looked over at me. I know I strike people crazy when I tell them I'm a pastor. We're driving down the road. Mr. Gene's in the pastor's seat. And he says, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm the I'm pastor of the most amazing cowboy church in the world. And he goes. <laughs> I said. I said, I'm glad you find that funny. Now I'm thinking this is my assignment for the day. And he says to me, with a tear rolling down his eyes, he said, you know, Mark, he said, 20 minutes before you picked me up, I was praying to my Lord and Savior, telling him my legs were hurting me today. And that I couldn't go one more mile. He said, I, I, I told the Lord I, I couldn't go one more mile. You see, it's been cold. It's been rainy. It's been wet. He said, I haven't felt very good. And he said, 20 minutes before you picked me up, I had prayed and asked God to help me because my legs hurt. I thought it was my assignment. It wasn't my assignment. It was my reward. I was just so blessed. I was just so blessed, so blessed to be used by God. I said, where are you going, Mr. Gene? He said, I'm headed to Dallas. I got to line up on some work from an old Navy buddy. I said, well, I'm going to Centerville. And on something inside of me said, well, take him, take him with you. And I said, well, Mr. Gene, I can take you to Fairfield. I'll just go a little further. I'll go another 40 miles down the road, and I can cut up through my hay and get on into Waco. And then I, something inside of me said, well, call Ed Brooks. He's an auctioneer down there. He lives up towards Oklahoma. So I, he's a Christian brother of mine. So I called Mr. Brooks, and I said, Ed, I said, uh, I'm traveling down to Waco today, and I got Mr. Gene with me. He's a brother. He's my brother. I picked up my brother. Anybody gives their life to the Lord, we become part of the family of God. Jimmy, you've been with me on some of those trips. They're amazing. Joe, Vic, some of y'all have been on some of those trips. We do. They're amazing. So I picked up my brother. I said, I'm traveling down the road with my brother, Gene. And I said, Ed, he's trying to get to Dallas. I said, which way do you go home? He said, through Dallas. I said, if I bring Mr. Ed with me to Waco, can you get him after the auction up to Dallas? He said, man, it would be my honor. I said, he's been out on the road four days. He's hungry, he's cold, and his legs hurt. Can you get him up to Dallas? Ed said, I'd be honored to get him to Dallas. So I hung up the phone, and if you're getting antsy, stop. So I hung the phone up, and I said, Mr. Gene, 
I said, do you believe in God? And he said, oh, with all my heart. I said, me too. I said, if you'll do me the privilege of letting you ride to Waco with me, I'll buy you supper when we get there. And there's a friend of mine, another Christian, that can take you all the way to Dallas. You won't have to take another step today. I said, but I'm not trying to force you into nothing. I'm not crazy. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to take you down here and put you in a situation that's not going to glorify God. I said, if you want to ride with me, I'll take you. He thought about it a minute. He said, man, that sure sounds good. And I enjoyed the company and the fellowship, and I thought that that was what God had used me for, but I realized that that was my reward. Here's where he used me. I walked in the front door of the auction, and the lady that runs the auction, Miss Shirley, as soon as I opened the door, she had jumped up. She was on the phone, and she was crying. And she ran into the back, and I said, Alan, what's the matter with her? She said, her mama just died. Uh, Miss Shirley just listened to two of my CDs about two weeks ago, called me crying, gave her life to the Lord, rededicated her life to the Lord through the CDs that we put out now. I said, is she okay? She said she wasn't very close to her mama, but she'll be all right. Well, I sat there and visited with Al in a minute, but I really wanted to be with Shirley because she was crying. She was crying like I've seen a lot of you cry before. You know that crying that you can't stop crying? I do it all the time. I'm done. Listen to me. She was crying, and, and, I, and I, I said to myself, I said, I need to be with Shirley. I felt my spirit. I need to, I need to talk to her. Finally, she came out of the back, and, and, and I said, Miss Shirley, are you okay? She said, I'll be okay. So I sat on the counter, and she sat there and pay attention. And she was crying. I said, what's the matter, Miss Shirley? She said, my mama just passed away, and I know she went to hell. She said, you see, my mama, she messed with black magic and voodoo. She had Ouija boards, and she was an alcoholic and a drug addict. She said she left us when I was 14 years old. I didn't find her till I was 36 years old. She said, I've been praying for her, Pastor Mark, but she's just got such a black heart. She's just got a spirit about rebellion that she will do whatever she wants and say whatever she wants and live any way she wants to. She said, Brother Mark, I told her I was praying for her one day, and she said, I don't believe in that God that you believe in. Quit praying for me. It ain't doing no good. She said, Brother Mark, my mama died and went to hell. She said, she went through the gates of hell. She said, there was no coming back from that, that hell. She, she, she said, my mama died, and she went to hell. I said, Shirley, you don't know that. She said, I know that, Pastor Mark. That's what she calls me now. She used to just call me Mark. She calls me Pastor Mark. She said, my mama died and went to hell. And I stood there for 45 minutes, and I talked with her, and I prayed with her, and I cried with her. People was coming in, but she wouldn't wait on them. We was just having a good old. I said, you know what, man, maybe, 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 maybe she called on his name before she took her last breath. I went on to the back, and I checked on Mr. Gene and piddled around. Pay attention, I'm done. 
I went on to the back and I paid. I visited with Mr. Gene to see if he needed anything. I came back up front and she called me back over there to the front desk. And she said, Pastor Mark. She said, the caretaker that was taking care of my mama just called me. I said, what'd she say? She said her last two minutes of her life, she was crying out as loud as I'm crying out to you to give your life to the Lord. She was crying out, please don't take me through that gate. There's evil people there. There's evil there. There's evil there. I don't want to go there. She said, please don't take me there. The last two minutes of her life, she was begging not to be going to hell. She was like, please, I don't want to go there. I'm scared. I'm scared. Two minutes before she took her last breath, she was begging, please don't take me there. I don't want to go to hell. Two minutes before, she was just, please. She said she was crying out that she didn't want to go to hell. But she did go to hell, Pastor Mark. She did go to hell, Pastor Mark. I'm crying out to you today not to go to hell. Not to go to hell. Not to go to hell. I believe in hell is a real place. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I left that counter saying, I got to preach, 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 I got to keep telling people about Jesus. I, I just left that counter just feeling that in my spirit that my assignment on this earth is to tell people about Jesus. Church family, your assignment is to get right with Jesus and tell others about him. Period. Even if that's hard, even if that's stressful, even if that hurts sometimes, even if you get rejected, even if people spit on you and lie about you and slander you, it don't matter. Jesus went through a lot for you. She rejected it. There are some of you right now that is rejecting him at this very moment. Please don't, 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 don't. I want you to give your life to Jesus today. If you're here this morning you've never prayed and asked Jesus into your heart. Or maybe you did when you were a child or a teenager. But it didn't mean anything to you. Let's get serious this morning. Let's get serious this morning. You've heard it. Let's get serious this morning. Hell is real. He said if your name's not written in that Lamb book of life, you will be cast into the lake of fire. I don't know if there's a front gate on it or not, but I know I don't want no part of it. I don't want you to have any part of it either. And if I got to be the goalie that keeps you out of there, if I got to be the guy that confronts you about your sin week after week, month after month, if I got to be that guy and you don't like me all the time, I'm okay with that. I love you all the time. I'll never stop loving you and Jesus will never stop loving you. There's nothing you can do to stop him from loving you. We invite him into your heart this morning, right now. If you've never prayed or you've prayed but really didn't have meaning, be still, be still, be still. You don't want to go to hell this morning. I've already had people get up and walk out already. 
I've already had people so uncomfortable that they have gotten up and they have walked out. They have already left. They've shuffled. They've scooted. I've seen cars drive down our driveway. Why? Because it is a real place and it scared them. Well, you don't have to be scared anymore. You can give your life to Jesus right now. If you're here right now, give your life to the Lord. Pray with me. Pray with me right now. All you have to do is pray this simple prayer and mean it. Just say, Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me of my sins. From this day forward I will serve you. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Say that with me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And that three days later you rose from the dead. And as they said in that song last night, God is not dead. He's alive. And you are too today. If you prayed that with me, would you let me see your hand? Just slip your hand up. The Bible says if you're ashamed of me, keep it up. Keep it up. If you prayed that with me this morning, keep your hand up. Let me see you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Keep your eyes closed. Ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Fourteen more don't have to go through the gates of hell. It was worth the late night sacrifice for you, fourteen. The Bible says this. You're ashamed of him. He'll be ashamed of you. If you raised your hand this morning, you'll find in your worship guide a green sheet. Put your name on it. I want to talk to you. I want to visit with you. I want to talk to you about getting baptized and closer to Jesus. From this day, from this day, you'll serve Him. Now listen to me. Don't move. Don't move. There are people in this church right now. I told you there's books opened up. You're putting stuff in your book that shouldn't be there. Listen to me all the way in the back of that church, all the way in the middle of this church, all the way up at the front of this church. You're putting stuff in your books that's not honoring God. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Come on, you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. I, I, I'm not taking a chance this morning. If you're not 100% sure, if you die today and you go to heaven, you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, pray with me right now. Say, Lord, I rededicate my life to you. Right now, say it with me. Say it loud. I rededicate my life to you, Lord. Say it with me. I rededicate my life to you, Lord. I will serve you. I will honor you. I will respect you and those around me. Lord, thank you. I'm coming back home. I'm the prodigal son. I'm the prodigal daughter. I'm coming back home. I'm not gambling anymore with my salvation. Oh, somebody ought to say amen. I'm not gambling with my salvation anymore. I'm coming home. If you rededicate your life to the Lord this morning, let me see your hands. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this message. And I'm thankful this morning for a place called heaven. That I can go there with these people and spend eternity. Can I say to them, Lord, I want to pass them on the streets of gold. I want to fist pump them on the streets of gold. I looked out there last night at the Toyota Center. 
There was 18,000 people. I leaned over to Brother Vic. I said, can you imagine what heaven's going to be like when there's millions of brothers and sisters watching Jesus step out on a Sunday morning to give, a, to give his message on, on a Sunday morning in heaven? Can you imagine the music's going to come out of there? I want you to go there with me. No games, no playing. Let's enjoy the ride, too. Let's serve him all the way. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Somebody give God a praise.